Hey there. Before we begin the episode, I wanted to quickly introduce you to the Art Is Podcast's new partner, Artmo. Artmo is a community-centered marketplace where any artist can sell their work and any art lover can buy art commission-free. What's really cool about Artmo is it's the first platform of its kind that lets you sell both physical art and NFTs in one place. They're bridging the traditional art world and the Web3 universe, and I'm super excited about it. The best part? You can turn any of your physical or digital artworks into an NFT on their platform, adding provenance, security, and authentication to your piece. NFTs can be a bit tricky to understand and create, but thanks to Artmo's dedicated team, it's become so much easier. And that's not all. Artmo is not just a marketplace, but also a media platform where creatives can connect, network, and join open forums and discussion groups. It's a great place to engage with fellow artists and art enthusiasts. Also, it's totally free for artists to sign up, and there's no long application process or gatekeeping involved. So what are you waiting for? Join the Artmo community now and head over to Artmo's website to sign up and start sharing and selling your work. Go to artmo.com, A-R-T-M-O dot com, or check out the show notes of this episode to learn more. You have to show up in the studio and put in hours of work, days, weeks, months, and years in order to compound into progress. We have so many examples in our society of this like stroke of genius, the lone artist, the tortured artist, whatever it is, that are so backwards and unhelpful as things to aspire to. This is Art Is, a podcast for artists where we brainstorm the future of the art world and the creative industries. Welcome back to Art Is, a podcast for artists. This is your co-host Lauren Hill from Created Splash. I've been thinking a lot about last week's topic, our internal dialogue, and how it relates to the overlooked topic of wellness and art making. Many times I think... We have had the idea that we need to be in pain to make art. I often wonder about the art making process and being a tortured artist versus showing up as an empowered artist and what it looks like to experience therapy through your art making process versus showing up professionally getting work done and making money doing it. I studied illustration in college, which is essentially doing a project for someone else and getting paid to do it, the art direction. And I felt like after I graduated, that's not what I wanted to do. It stifled my creative process. And now in my life, I really use art to process anxiety. I sometimes have, I want to relax at nighttime and sometimes I'll turn on the TV and I can't relax. I can't just sit there and watch TV. And so what I do is I'll get out my iPad and I'll start drawing on my iPad and it is like time doesn't exist. It just is the best feeling to be fully present with my artwork and be doodling or coloring. It's such a powerful tool 
to get me out of anxiety and worry and all the, the thoughts. I've also used writing, journaling. I also write poetry, and poetry is such a healing source for me of allowing my subconscious to bring about the most weird, strange, confusing, dark, light, beautiful topics to just allow them to come forward and be expressed in freedom. And it's such a therapeutic process for me. And these are things that I don't know why I'm making them. I'm not making them for any certain person or anything to sell. I'm just making them. So with this episode, we are digging into what it looks like for each of us to create artwork and the intention that we have with it. It's such an interesting topic, recognizing that the artwork you make can fuel both a healing force inside your body and your mind and also be a commercial practice that you don't have to be one thing or the other thing. Over the past year, I've really been reflecting a lot on that, how I want to show up as an artist, what kind of work I want to be doing, and I found myself at times working on projects, whether that's something I'm selling, a commission project, something that I know is going to leave my studio, and falling into the trap of just being hyper-focused on staying on schedule and optimizing for quote-unquote productivity. But I've found that unless a project really starts from a spark of pure joy and excitement, it's hard for that idea to have legs and to grow. And I've been really recognizing that instead of art for healing and art for professional development being so separate, in my world, they've become two sides of the same coin. And recognizing that they're both forces that are advancing my work and recognizing that both internal dialogue and external forces are going to constantly be in my studio with me. So Lauren, could you perhaps demystify this really overused trope of the tortured artist and this idea of pain and suffering that we've seen across art history, but also in books and pop culture and movies as a constant trope that the artist has to be on the verge of burnout or breakdown to be making true genius work or something. And perhaps you could shed light on why this overused stereotype still has such a strong force in the creative community. Well, I think our society glamorizes a lot of the tortured souls. There's curiosity there too, you know. For myself, I have struggled with alcohol and drug addiction. I'm currently nine years sober. And drugs and alcohol were a way for me to cross into the creative spirit much more easily, so I thought. I would use them to tap into that spirituality. And I think that tortured soul, that emotion, a lot of people use the drama, the toxicity to 
tap into that creative spirit. And yes, you can do that. But as we talked about in the last episode, there are other healthier ways to tap into that creative spirit and be more regular with it. Because when you're using outside sources, such as a breakup or a traumatic experience to inspire your work, while you're not really in control of when those things happen, and therefore you're making work inconsistently. And just taking it back to what you were talking about as far as merging the more wellness aspects of creating art and the professional aspects of it. What I've realized is for myself, I when I was talking about the drawings that I do on my iPad and the poetry that I make, I also use that and share that on social media as a way to market my business. In the past, I've wondered, oh, there's all these different parts of me showing up, doing creative work, and like, do they make sense together? Can I use this part of me to share what I do as a coach? And I've just embraced it and wanting to share all aspects of who I am and merge them so that I can inspire other people to embrace all aspects of what they desire as well. Something I think that's really relevant here is this idea of performativity as well that comes in. When are you using scenarios as a performance to project certain attitudes or emotions to the world versus what's actually going on for you? So Lauren, how do you feel about this constant performance of pain that's commodified by our culture and used as a excuse to sell objects or sell music or whatever it may be. I often find myself to be numb to certain situations because of an overexposure to that kind of performativeness and falseness. Yeah, I think that some artists struggle with what they should be doing versus what they want to do. We see fame and we see success and we think, oh, maybe I should be doing what they're doing. So personally, I went into illustration as a way to figure out how to make money with my artwork. I thought by going into that line of work, I would then be able to sustain my art practice and my lifestyle. And what I said earlier about it killing my creativity, I always felt like, oh, maybe I need someone else to tell me what to make. That didn't allow me to show up and create. It stifled my creativity. And I think a lot of other artists struggle with this idea of like, well, I should be making this, or this will make me popular, or this will make me famous, when really it's not listening to that inner desire of what you actually want to create. And lately for me, I've been very interested in drawing and painting toys. 
And I don't know why. And I sometimes feel like, what is this going to say about me or my coaching business? But I've been embracing it lately. And if you go to my website, you'll see there's all these gifts of Care Bears and Barbie and My Little Ponies because I'm just so drawn to that and I love it and it makes me feel so wonderful and lights me up. What I've realized is it's drawing to me the people who are aligned with that kind of spirit as well and it's authentic to me. And with that, it just magnifies your own authenticity, which essentially creates abundance. So just to return to our earlier thought around the cliche of the artist in pain or the tortured artist, it's been really interesting to hear from different artist interviews that I've listened to on podcasts like Beyond the Studio or A Brush With from the art newspaper, how important it is to create habits of consistency and that these emotional roller coasters of breakdown or breakups or painful moments perhaps are a trigger to creative action but will not create consistent action. In order to pursue a professional practice, whether it's rain or shine, good or bad day, you have to show up in the studio and put in hours of work, days, weeks, months, and years in order to compound into progress. And we have so many examples in our society of this like stroke of genius, the lone artist, the tortured artist, whatever it is that are so backwards and unhelpful as things to aspire to and that the true importance is creating habits in your practice of consistency. And something that I've been working with Lauren on is developing a practice of journaling and reflection and also visualization. Debbie Millman one of the most incredible talented designers and the host of the long-time running award-winning podcast Design Matters had this incredible exercise early on in her podcast journey that she shared around visualizing the future that you want and creating these incredibly specific visions in your mind of where you're at, what you're doing, who you're with, what your day looks like, going really into the detail of that. And it's been so interesting working with Lauren and getting now to share some of those insights here with you on this podcast around mindfulness and wellness and the importance of integrating these habits into your daily practice, into your creative work, so that you can always safeguard whatever comes your way and recognizing that you know how to handle any situation that arises. Yeah, and as we go into a more aware and awake state as a civilization, which is where I feel like we are evolving to. I don't know if you've ever heard of the 27 Club, but there's a lot of artists who died around the age of 27. Kurt Cobain, Jim Morrison, Amy Winehouse, Basquiat. Even Marilyn Monroe was really young when she died. 
and thinking about those artists and how we can create a different experience as professional artists, as creatives, and not have to live that tortured lifestyle as wellness becomes more of a trendy topic. It's for a reason. It is helpful. Utilizing all of the tools that are out there within wellness, whether it be meditation, breath work, ecstatic dance, eating healthy, staying hydrated. As a sober human being, I feel so good every single day. I wake up in the morning feeling so clear-headed and so in tune with my spirit and emotions. It's better than any high that I've ever experienced, honestly, and more regular. I can create things on my own. And the, some of the experiences that I've had in breath work or meditation or sound baths, like they are truly spiritual experiences that I have had downloads and vi visuals that have inspired, you know, where I'm going on my path and the artwork that I create and the thought work that I create in the world. And because of that, I'd love to take you on a journey, a meditative journey right now. It'll be a five to seven minute journey. And if you're driving, don't participate, just press pause. But if you can, go ahead and just close your eyes, tuning in to your body for a moment, getting comfortable in your space. We're just going to begin to breathe in through the nose and out through the mouth, slowing down your breath, breathing in through the nose. And out. Maybe rolling your shoulders back a little bit. Moving your neck around. We tend to hold a lot of tension and stress in our neck and shoulders. And just allowing it to melt like honey into the surface beneath you. Tuning in to any lingering noises you might be hearing. Maybe the temperature of the day on your skin. Just really bringing yourself into this present moment. giving gratitude for everything it has to offer you. Now bring your awareness back to the breath. We're going to breathe down into the base of our spine. Imagining a grounding cord like a root system coming from the base of your spine and going down into the ground. This grounding cord may have a certain color to it, the color of your energy right now.
just imagining it going down into the soil, twisting and turning, going deeper and deeper down. As you continue to breathe, it goes deeper and deeper down. Soaking up all the minerals and the vitamins in the soil. Going deeper and deeper down. As it goes deeper and deeper down, you get more and more relaxed. Plugging into the core of the earth. This fiery, molten core. This is the origin of creativity. Mama Gaia. Allowing yourself to plug into this powerful force. Soaking it up into every cell of your body. Now, on the count of three, we're going to breathe that energy up through our heart. So take a deep breath in on the count of three. One, two, three. Just tuning into the breath again. Maybe noticing any negative feelings that you might be feeling. Whether it's anxiety, fear, frustration, sadness, overwhelm, anger. Just anything that might be lingering or coming up for you right now. And noticing where in the body you're feeling it. You can even put a color to it. Maybe giving it a texture. Just letting it be. A lot of times we pick up negative energies from other people, places, or things. But the great thing is that we don't have to hold on to them, and we can let them go. So tuning into this energy, allowing it to be there, and maybe utilizing the breath to process it out. So taking a deep breath into it. And on the exhale. And sometimes I like to imagine it going back down to the core of the earth. Disintegrating to that fire. So taking a deep breath into it. Letting it.
So you can use this process to be with your emotions, the emotions that come up, to slow down, to process them out, and then taking a moment to set an intention. Maybe it's an intention for your creative practice. Maybe it's an intention for your day. Just allowing yourself to set an intention quietly. Maybe it's one word or a sentence or a statement. Go ahead and set that intention now. Taking one more deep breath in. And release. And when you're ready, go ahead and start to blink your eyes back open. Maybe moving your fingers and your toes. Coming back into the space. And knowing that you can take this practice with you wherever you go. Whenever you're feeling overwhelmed, just slowing down and tuning into the feelings that you might be feeling. Grounding yourself, processing them out, and setting an intention for how you want to show up differently. Thank you for listening to Art Is, a podcast for artists. Be sure to check out the show notes for any resources mentioned in this episode. To access the episode transcript and more info on the themes outlined in Season 5, go to artispodcast.com. This episode was created by me, Isata Page, and Lauren Hill from Curated Splash, with original music by Black Wonder Twins. You can find them on all streaming platforms and on YouTube and Instagram under the same handle. Okay, that's it for now. See you next Thursday. I just wanted to give a quick shout out to our podcast editor, AK Joel, who's actually a professional video editor and YouTuber, but also edits podcasts. If you want to contact him about editing your own videos or podcasts, you can message him directly on Instagram at akjoel.films. That's A-K-J-O-E-L dot F-I-L-M-S. You can also find his contact information in this episode's show notes.